Hey, Soraya, how's it going? Hey, it's been hey, a long Jeff. time, a long time. It's been a minute, but yes, good to has. see you. And Jeff, today's a good day. Today is a very good day. Oh my gosh. Uh, you want to tell people what we're going to be doing today? We are going to be talking about new release yes. from one of the Paisley Underground bands. The Rain Parades, The Last Rays of a Dying Sun. And yep, I did say that. I did say that there's a new release from Rain Parade. I, I'm sure every all of our listeners probably already have it and have listened to it for the last month or two. But um, it's now available on CD, as you showed. So um, available on vinyl, CD, and um, streaming and digitally. But and we Jeff? Are, yep. And coming to a city near you. Yes, upcoming tour, both on the West Coast, U.S., and Europe. Oh, yeah. So um, if you don't already, please follow them on social media, Facebook, Instagram, even Twitter. I refuse to call it X. Um, but they are going to be on tour in 2024. And uh, the time is now. Yes, the time is now. So we're going to be talking to Matt Piucci and Stephen Roback of Rain Parade talking about this new album. Uh, well, I'm ready to get into it. Let's do it. Hi, this is Soraya. And this is Jeff. Our podcast is called Paisley Stage Raspberry and Rhyme. A podcast where the two of us play music that we like and share anecdotes and background about the tunes. We hope you'll join our conversation. And without further ado, agarubiar. Let's get groovy. 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 Recording in progress. Got you. <laughs> so no Ronnie, I guess. Oh, nice. No Ronnie, but we are here to talk about these. Yeah. Oh, oh you got the CD. Well, Jeff, wait, 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 wait. Let's add this booty. I like just because color. it's blue. <laughs> Down that street. Gorgeous. Yeah. Just like people you might meet. Woo. So Soraya, what are we doing today? What else? Talking about this awesome album with Stephen Roback and Matt Pucci of Rain Parade. Yes. Hey guys. Last Rays of a Dying Sun. Thank you guys for coming back. You bet. Sure. Thanks for having us. Well, did Jeffrey get more verbiage than uh, Soraya? Sorry about that. It's <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, yeah. That's all right. I recognize uh, some of the compete. Up that nice picture by Emily. Yes, we wanted Beautiful. to talk about that. That's a good starting point. Can we talk about where this cover came from? Sure. Uh, Emily Wick is a buddy of ours uh, that um, she lives in Oakland with her significant other. They're not really married, but they might as well be. Brian Brooks, he used to do, um, it's not Hello Kitty. It's, it's, it's one of them, their things. Oh. What's the name of that one he does? The, the graphic novel. Anyway, doesn't matter. He's an artist. She's an artist, and uh, you should check out her uh, her social media pages. There's like a ton of these bubble pictures. Um, yeah, she has a whole series of bubble uh, photos taken in different with different lighting and different uh, imagery. It's yeah, it's mostly just at night. Um, there's I don't I think most of those colors just come from inside the bubble. I don't know how she does it exactly. Yeah, but well, they're great. 
some of it picks up the background, but I think she uses flash on some of them, some of them not. But it, they're great. Yeah, they're really interesting. So they're actual, they're actual photographs. Yeah, that one is a little different um, than most of them. I don't know. Uh, most of the ones she has are like at night. Okay. Or in a black studio. Uh, you, I think. No, we haven't. Uh, if you've seen on Spotify the singles that we released, that there's another two pictures that are hers. Um, one with uh, sort of like looking out at a roof, and there's a there's a bubble up there, and there's a, excuse me, in the sky. A little bit like angel twilight sister. floating over a house. Yeah. Uh, um, it's it's uh, released with our digital uh, the digital single of Last Race of Dying Sun. I don't know if I can show you those. Maybe. And we have. Another one that she took, which is um, similar to that one, that for Angel Sister for that single. Nice. So, oh, it's going to be impossible for you to see that because this is a because you can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I can't. Oh, oh, hang on. Damn it. Well, I'll keep trying. Hang on. So was she commissioned to do these or did you guys just like well, her artwork and ask to use it for this? We saw them. Let's see. Uh, uh yes and no. Wait, I got I, I gotta get I can show my screen. Would that be okay? Yeah. Or? Okay, hang yeah, on. Be <laughs> much more civilized way of doing it. But it's less psychedelic. Um, yeah, totally. Um it kind of looks like an angel, the that one. Um so oh. she's a great artist and we she's a, a buddy we like her really super nice person it says host host disabled participant screen sharing so maybe we'll put the, we'll table that for now anyway yeah look on spotify it's um, cool <laughs> imagine a bubble floating over a house in the dark <laughs> uh yeah if you look at the if you go to i don't know if you guys are spotify hers but uh a little bit anyway well, check out Emily's page, pages. There's a ton of cool stuff. She's a great artist. So that's where the, uh, we didn't commission, I guess we, we didn't ask her to do it. We saw that she'd done a bunch of these bubbles. And then we, we saw the, this one, the one of the album cover, which was different than the other ones. We just thought it was very sort of like 1971 Pink Floydian. Um, and uh, <clears throat> it's funny, we, uh, We'll talk about this later. We're playing in Spain, and somebody reviewed the album, and the guy's like, yeah, "This album's great, but it's the worst album cover in the history of music." Oh wow! Okay, well, uh, no, it isn't. I guess he's not a fan of metal, right? The what? Pink Floyd <laughs> album, either. So, Stephen, are you able to share at this point? I um, it says, uh, "Oh, I think, yes, I, I am." Just, I, I switched something. Cool. Can oh, you see? <laughs> yeah, that's another Emily. Oh yes, this oh, is oh my gosh, that's awesome! Digital single. Um, is it the moon in the other one? No, yeah, whatever, it's fine. And then wait, so and then there's the angel, angel sister one. Angel yeah. sister. Oh my gosh, those are both uh, by Emily Wick. Yeah, and that's not treated at all. That's her photograph, um, and it's yeah. just it's really. It's evocative so uh, it seemed to work so we, and it was kind of keeping with the theme of the the larger bubble <laughs> so, nice right. yeah um, anyway. you know what she told me on the cover that 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 orb I, 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 excuse me 
I forgot what she said on the a actual cover itself um, of the album. It isn't what you think it is. I thought it was the sun and it's not, or I thought it was the moon and it's not, but since I can't remember, never mind. <laughs> uh, that, uh, yes, that object in the lower right that looks like uh, either the sun or moon is not, which makes a lot of sense because it's clearly sunset and the sun wouldn't be there. Um, I don't know what that is, but it's cool. We Very really, cool. really like that picture a lot. It's funny, we had another one um, that is like a blazingly bright, just close up of the orange sun. And when we were on tour, we were considering using the other one. And uh, so we showed all the guys in Dream Syndicate. They're like, yeah, this sun one. And then and Vicki Peterson looks at it and she goes, nah, that's too on the nose. That's too literal. She goes, this other one, the bubble. So huh? she didn't decide for us, but that seems a little bit more distaff than the uh, masculine one we didn't <laughs> use. Yeah, this one kind of slowly emerged as being kind of iconic in a way, you know, if I may use that word. It's, um, uh, and it's really grown on me over yeah, time. I like yeah. it a lot. I guess that is, um, is that Angel Island? I'm not really sure in the San Francisco Bay. I'll have to ask her. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, I think that, that was on the East Coast. I think she. Oh, it she, is. Okay, yeah, well, whatever. Em's so, a, a great gal, yeah. a great artist, and we're happy to use it. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing that, Stephen. Okay. I thought sure. for sure it was an like an AI image or something. I didn't realize it was an actual oh, that's photograph. Photo. Yeah, wow. actual photograph. Wow. All right, Soraya, we got past the cover. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How about let's delve into. There were some really interesting, um, not just sounds and songs, but you had some great guest performers, people who helped put this whole sound together. The Moore Brothers, the Peterson Sisters. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how that experience was of bringing these people in. Was that just something that organically happened, or did you have people in mind? Well, definitely had people in in mind uh, we had we had places in the songs that kind of needed background vocals and we wanted to to you know have people that whose voices we knew were great um involved in it um and uh it's really fun working with them all in the studio we of course we know the petersons that speaking of vicky vicky peterson um they came in and did backgrounds on angels patterson sisters, sisters. Yes, referred to. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know if you saw that. that I don't know. This is some stupid review of the Paisley Underground. They referred to them as the Patterson sisters. <laughs> that sounds like some something. Child I wrote it who had no idea what they were talking about. Anyway, journalistic malpractice. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, so we brought them in and they did the backgrounds of Angel Sister. Obviously, that song called for having these kind of angelic harmonies and backgrounds. And it was just really fun working with them in the studio. It's all, it's, it is very organic because we were just bouncing ideas off each other. And well, uh, yeah, and we'd, um, when we did the three by four stuff, <clears throat> those those guys, gals, whatever, Vicky and Debbie uh, came and sang. And they're just such pros and just the nicest people in the world. And it worked great. So we're like, well, why not? So um, they sang on Angel's Sister, which, seemed logical and they sung I'm Cherry Love which also seemed weird 
Debbie was super beat. She'd been traveling. We almost tried to get him on another song, and they're like, now we're toast. But so it was great. And then the Moore brothers, uh, we turn you guys on to them. They're just, I don't understand why they're not singing on every record that ever comes out. Uh, pretty funny. Jim Hill was really dubious about bringing other people in. We're at a studio here, and those guys show up. And he hands me a guitar, and I play for like eight bars. And he goes, "Oh, okay, go on in, you guys." <laughs> I mean, they they were, and they sing the same one as uh, Peterson Sisters as well, uh, and also on Green, which is pretty great, and also on Bring You Back. They, I mean, they did three songs, and that was great. And then the other on the, on the Left the Fire, we had. Oh your... well, that's different people. Yeah. There are more people. Tell that story. No. <laughs> are you waiting for me to do it? What's that? Okay, well, Stefan's brother, his name is Marcus Blake, and he uh sort of like a zelly. He's like, I swear he's taking a picture with every rock person in history. He kind of knew those guys, and then I very sort of knew Darian Sahanaja, who is a musical genius and is responsible for Smile. The news, the smile that came about 10 or 15 years ago when Brian Wilson, uh, he'd been playing in that band. And I knew those guys from Nelson Bragg, who I uh, met through Facebook and did a recording with him. But anyway, and Nelson's played with us, played with us one of our first shows when we went to Atlanta. He's played with us a little bit. But anyway, he, um, he knew these guys and he played with them. And I met them, but that was it and learned that they were fans. And I'm like, looking at them. They, they, they all played with Brian Wilson. Correct. Darian and Rob Bonfiglio, who's married to um, one of the Brian's daughters. Garney anyway, Wilson. I beg your pardon? Garney Wilson. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yeah. That is correct. Um, and I'm like, hey, Darian, uh, you want to sing on our stuff? He said, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Because, I mean, he's just a beast. And he, what he did was so great. Uh, he sort of directed it. I mean, I sang what I thought should go there. And they did that. He did that. And then a little bit more than that, too, on like Left the Fire um, with your, as uh, Derek C calls it, Amsterdam headphone guy, hashhead, he calls him, who like listens to psychedelic music after smoking hash and headphones. But the way he answers stuff back and forth on either side is at the end of that song, it was just super cool. Then he sang on um, Getfulness little bit and on, uh, couldn't stand to be alone so there's yeah so I mean half half those songs have other people on not that John and Derek a little bit and Mark Hanley they also sing as does obviously Steve and I'm not really sure why we did that many we just did we didn't see the recording of uh, anybody's other than the Petersons and the Moore brothers we didn't we weren't even there when Darian and those guys did it. <clears throat> yeah, Jim Hill sort of, uh, you know, produced those vocals. He, he went to Jim's place. Yeah. I just sent him, uh, I said, sing this, and they did, and made it better. But, and that's when Jim had his place in Los Angeles before he moved to Nashville? That's correct. Okay. He's now in Nashville. Okay. Yeah, although he will be up here in a few weeks doing pre-production with us. Nice. Which will be on the next day. 
Yeah, we'll want to talk about that in a bit. Yes. So, when did you guys start recording this? It's been years and years since an official Rain Parade release. We know that there's been some Viva Saturn releases. There's been the Helene's releases. But for Rain Parade, it's been quite a while um, since Crashing Dreams. So when did you actually start recording this? Was it a couple of years ago? Um, when was the three by four stuff? That was 2018. Is that right? 2017. Whatever. But we started we started working on this after the three by four, which I think came out in 2017. If my time flies, man. I don't know. Selection's correct. But um, we started working on material. We were, we were psyched. Um, we had a vague plan. We we knew we had the material or some you know fragments of material that we could put together to create a full album we had tons of material um but then the pandemic hit <laughs> and that was kind of a mixed blessing you know obviously it was bad but yeah. on on the good side is that we kind of had time to really focus and uh uh develop material i miss it <laughs> what's that he missed he missed the pandemic with the quiet I miss. Yeah. Um, we didn't actually go in the studio. We had had kind of, you know, almost a full LP of, of stuff. I think we had like 13 songs. And we went in and we decided to record them all. So we booked some studio time. We're not doing in. that again. <laughs> no, we're not doing that again. I was 13 is too many at once. But we, we started tracking, I think, in 2021. I can tell you exactly. exactly. It, was, it was like Thanksgiving 2021. So just about two years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Because we ended up, we, wait, today's December 1st. I think the last day was today. Uh, of those basic sessions. Basic. Only two years ago? Yeah. It's exactly two years ago. So be, yeah, yeah. we fin finished the basics. And then, mm -hmm. um, Overdubs take forever. We're slow. And then over the following year, we did overdubs and you know, build it all in. Probably we're done within about six months, I think. Um, maybe even before that, the album kept getting pushed back, as you guys are well aware, because the label was kind of getting rolling. They this is one of the we're one of their first acts. They have a few more now. Yeah, I would say it was a really productive uh, year, year and a half though of of recording and songwriting and you know um it was really really enjoyable to to all to be arranging music again and recording it be back in the studio yeah we got to really dig in um once we had the basics we didn't torture them too much some of them we tortured, <laughs> tortured us. Did. Um, <laughs> some songs were really had to be whipped into shape but um we don't usually pursue this is a Dan Stewartism, but you're like, you know, don't don't worry about the problem children. Devote your time to the ones that matter that are working. We didn't feel like we had any problem children. Some were harder than others. Um, and we had to really kind of work on them. For instance, Sunday's almost gone. We went through several permutations to get to where it was today. And that's a super old song anyway. Well, that's a song that evolved over time. Um, that was one that just kept rearing its head, you know, we'd stuff it into the closet and it kept crawling out. 
so we figured we should do it on and uh, pretty happy the way that turned out nice well we had a thought if you guys are game for this we wanted to see if we can go through each song track by track and just throw out a, a little nugget about each song if you guys are game yeah. all right well we're game for whatever you guys want you're like uh we're our number one fan so <laughs> all right so, so steven we have to start off with you then with angel sister which we know was supposed to be a viva saturn track or was a viva saturn track at one point can you talk about angel sister yeah well that was a, that was a, a a song that is a song that actually was recorded originally with Viva Saturn, a different version, um, slower uh, and maybe not quite as good sound quality. Um, but uh, that's where the basic idea was formed. And um, we were considering whether or not to release that track or just to, or to re-record it. And then we couldn't find the, apparently the, the original master was lost. So we didn't have, didn't have the quality high resolution recording to release. So kind of against my better judgment at the time, Matt and, and Jim and the band. Yeah, I bugged the shit out of him about it for about a month or so until he finally acquiesced and then he did. Yeah, I wasn't sure about re-recording it at all, but they convinced me, us to give it a try and I'm really happy with the results. So it's, it's a kind of a different take on it, a little bit more energetic, um, some different harmonies, you know, because the Peterson sisters added their own melody lines for the background. And the Moore brothers. And the Moore brothers. And, and me and you. There's a lot of vocals on that. Yeah. I mean, and it's essentially the same song, of course, um, almost faithfully, but it has a slightly different feel, more more energetic, I think. Yeah. we, we I, I thought the other version was cool. I liked it. We worked on that a lot, a long time ago. I've since forgotten what we did, but I know we, we worked on it a lot and we liked we like what we ended up with, but it wasn't really recorded on the best. Uh, it was like a, it's on an ADAP, just a little brittle. Yeah, it was a, a sound quality thing, and we not not having losing the original master, like I, right. So we was. couldn't remix it or anything. So just we decided to do it again. Uh, we got Jim here. We might as well do it, and uh, I'm pretty happy the we way. Kind of, out. kind of inspired by like uh, Revolution, you know. There's a slow version. Yeah. A <laughs> nice. couple of. Uh, Couple of things we didn't quite get that the other one has, but ninety nine percent of it is is pretty faithful to that. So, Stephen, what inspired you to write this song? Anything in particular, either lyrically or musically? Well, you know, let's say it's about a girl. <laughs> well, but, uh, it's it's about, more, it's about more than that, you know. I, it's kind of you know the imagery. It is kind of about about a girl, but it's also kind of about um, City of Lights, or, you know, City of, City of Angels. Uh, and uh, I often think of it in terms of sitting up on the hills, lo looking out over the city of LA, uh, which we spent a lot of time doing when I was a kid <laughs> and later, um, and just imagining what people are doing down there. We used to, we used to go up in the hills and like tell stories about what we'd imagine these millions of people are doing down in the city. It's just about the, it's just about the energy of the city and the lights of the city, which, nice. is, a, which is a recurring theme in some Rain Parade songs. Nice. I love that. Got my, one of my favorite Stephen lines in there, and I don't even know what it means, but it sounds good. You make the blank serene. 
we almost, well, we didn't almost, the Blank Serene was almost a name for the record, but we thought it sounded a little too pretentious, so we didn't do it, but I like it. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, LA, sort of the, um, the imagery of LA as like a, as an angel, you know, I mean, as, as I don't want to say LA woman, but I'll say it, you know, it's kind of, <laughs> as a living entity. I love that. So Soraya, up next, what do we have? Last days of a dying sun. Last rays of a dying sun. Sorry. And, I transposed the letters. Yeah, so it's the title track. And it, it starts off and it kind of has a reminiscence of No Easy Way Down. Yeah, we um it's kind of funny. Things kind of fold over back on themselves. After hearing that the guy from My Bloody Valentine and the guy from Riot heard that stuff, and like really liked it and wanted to use it, it was like, okay, yeah, all right. Uh, and then wanted to do it a, a little happier kind of thing. Um, I got that going. The Helene's did it for a while, but it really wasn't finished. Um, I mean, we did it. That doesn't mean it was as, as it was now and then you know as always whenever steven and i work together by the time we're done it's got our both of our fingerprints on it and uh the second section was kind of really underdeveloped and i know i knew i wanted to add a sitar and then steven came up with this, this cool vocal approach and uh changed a few things and uh there you have it uh Wicked guitar solo in the middle is Derek C. By the way, the uh, that's cool, and uh, yeah, very happy. I'm sorry, Stephen. No, I was just complimenting the guitar work by both you and and, and Derek. It's really uh, so yeah. John fun. plays some sweet guitar too. He doesn't play lead, lead so much as that sort of watery Leslie guitar that is his sort of his theme for this record, um, which he used quite a bit. Uh, well, I was playing down at Jack Watterson's shop. Jack was playing drums and Derek was playing guitar and I was I played that song. They're kinda of like, Okay, Derek, take a shot, you know. We did and I'm like, Holy shit, okay, you're gonna do this. <laughs> yeah. Um this is Yeah, I really think it, the guitar works on the next level, um, both in terms of the guitar lines and melody lines and the sounds and the, com the combined sort of personalities of, of Matt and John and, and Derek, it's, it's, to me, it's just phenomenal. I just, it's an embarrassment of riches. I mean, we, we really, um, and obviously John and I have played together a long time, but throwing Derek into the mix, he's, he ain't no slouch, man. No. Play guitar. No slouch at all. And a guest performer on this one, um, on tabla, right? Mina Makijani. Um, yeah, Mina, it was uh, the Peterson sisters' doctor, of their parents' doctor, I believe. And when we did the three by four, uh, we saw that she had played. And uh, it, the tabla isn't super loud there. Most of what you hear is this weird thing that Stefan played. I forgot what it's called. That boop, boop stuff that sounds like a tabla. And you can hear the tablas too. They're cool. Um, it's made out of ceramic or something it has oh i don't know stefan's got like a bazillion percussion instruments he's actually he's every bit as good a percussionist as a drummer and he plays a ton of stuff. there's a ton of stuff on there there's even the um 
there's this app that you, a sitar app that I found um, where you can punch in any key and it just goes whatever like does a drone and I sent that to Jim and he actually used that too although there's a real sitar as well and then numerous Bobwayisms sorry we call Jim Bobway um, numerous <laughs> Jim Hillisms Some of it's synthesizers, some of it he gets out of effects processors. Uh, we were very happy with that, how that song turned out. Yeah, it ends up that, that middle section ends up being this roiling blend of different percussion and different Easterny sounds. It's really cool. Yeah, it's got a great vibe on that track for sure. Jeff, can I add something here? So <laughs> one of the things that I like to do is I like to read, especially fan reviews, because I always find something interesting in there. And I both of you have hit on something that a lot of people have said about this album. And that is there's so many different sounds. It sounds like so many different influences are coming together. And, you know, it is that combination that people are really, it's it, the fans are saying it's something I wasn't expecting, but I absolutely bought into. And I think that's Great. where this album is, is just so unique. There's so much going on and it all just comes together. It's like this beautiful symphony coming together and it's everything all at once. I want to read you a little bit of a review. And uh, this one fan said, I think calling this psychedelic music kind of narrows the audience that would really like this. Maybe in a Paisley Underground kind of way it is, but there's so many layers to this. Fans of 10CC, 2020, and even Graham Parsons the birds kind of country music will really enjoy it. It starts with two amazing rock songs. Space junk falling from the sky is the best line I've heard in a long while that will pull you right in, but don't expect any rock and roll here. The song Dying Sun is psychedelic for sure, but a damn fine song it is. I'm a sucker for some Dylan blonde on blonde harmonica and pedal steel guitars too. This is perfect music for mellowing out on a rainy day as their name attests. I think wow. anyone you turn this on to will oh, like nice. it too. Did you write that, Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> that's not a pressure release. Uh, I guess that's a real person. Wow, that's that's very very kind. We uh, very flattering. Yeah, we we always you know when we look at what we do, we uh, kind of think in terms of three different not really genres but approaches. We really like the folky, uh, low-key approach, uh, you know, that would have akin to like, I guess maybe even like somebody from Mazzy Star or something like that, but, uh, or, or even like 70s songwriter stuff that's trippy. Maybe acoustic-y oriented. Right, like Share Your Love or uh, Other mm -hmm. Side of You or something like that. And that's one thing. And then we always, I mean, obviously, as your shirt attests, Mr. Brenneman, the birds, as my friend Billy Talbot said, did it all. And uh, we like that kind of you know, pop song. It's got that 12 stringy kind of thing. And so we have that too, like. With harmonies. I don't know, like a bring you back maybe, and uh, possibly Sunday's almost gone. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we like the super trippy st stuff, which is a few different things, but you know, like forgetfulness or uh, even let the fire or last rays. So we kind of try to have all of that going on, which is uh, probably why we didn't do singles uh, um, for this until it was done, because we kind of wanted to, didn't want to 
put one thing out there and have it be just that. I don't want it to cover the whole gamut. Yeah, I think it kind of shows all of, all of our all of our the different things we like, you know, all the different right. types of sounds. But, but there there is a you know there is a consistency between them. They're kind of mm -hmm. we really love kind of that vintage um, guitars, you know, uh, twelve strings and and six strings and acoustics, and uh, the way the way they kind of all come together is consistent. There's there's like a sound that's carried between the songs, even though the songwriting might be different, um, or or even the the style that you know like one might be more rocking, the other might be more more down. There's still different elements that sort of thread through all the songs. Yeah, they definitely all tie together. I will I will say, and there's so much going on throughout the record that it definitely keeps me as a listener very. Um, interested and glued to to my speakers because there's so much is going on and and, and the, from song to song but I think you make a good point Stephen and that there's definitely something that ties it all together it's not like you're not listening to like a compilation where it's a bunch of different bands it's it's all it's definitely all rain parade for sure yeah it's Although, kind of mid-tempo mid there's a certain you know feel through it all too yeah. No uh no punk and no reggae. No and everything else. No, I don't expect Not that there's anything wrong with the, with either of those things. Although, yeah, yeah. All right. So next up, couldn't stand to be alone, which I think that you guys did something a little bit different with this one than you've done on any songs before, in my opinion. But um okay. and I and I like it. I like it. What is that thing that is different? I'm not sure what you mean. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's the vibe or what, but it has to me like a little bit more country than it's not a country song by any by any means, but to me it has more of a country feel than I've than than I've heard from a rain parade song. Oh, well, not to bore Soraya to tears, but you could sort of relate to this. Um if you take all the bottom if you take the bigger strings off of twelve strings, so you don't they only have the high ones, six strings, but they're all the high ones. That's called Nashville tuning, and that's kind of uh, an old, uh, it's an old trick that people use in Nashville to kind of fill out a guitar sound, give it like brightness without having um, so much going on like you would with a 12 string. So I did that to one of my uh, guitars, uh, and I liked it so much I had to go out and buy another one to play <laughs> that way. That was at least that's what I told my wife. <laughs> um, and I started doing some finger picking way up high. And what's cool about it when you do that is that the middle, the G string is actually higher than the E string. Oh. Right. Because on a 12 string, the G on a 12 string is the G that is above the E on a regular guitar. And so when you do that and you pick, if, if, if I played that song on a regular guitar, it wouldn't sound the same. And I like that. Um, I think Hanley was over here. He showed up, and I'm like, "Dude, turn on your tape recorder. I got to record this." And he did. And uh, Bowman said that that sounds like a music box, so he called it the music box song. And then uh, that came pretty quickly. And then, even though um, it's pretty sparse, we did kind of put a bunch of stuff on it. Um, 
Mark is playing uh, my harmonium. Uh, Steven is actually playing bass, but it, he's playing it on an acoustic guitar. It's not a bass guitar, even though it's a bass part. Oh. You probably wouldn't know that it wasn't wasn't a bass until right now. It's a little different sound. I mean, it sounds more like a high. Well, not it's really sound like a bass. It's it, it's a bass part, but it's right. It, but it 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 it's lighter. Um, yeah, it's I, a, I did put a bass on it, but that's like soft and very simple and just on the bottom. It's in a high in a higher octave too. I love what Derek played. I love what John John played. Beautiful slide. Derek played gorgeous washy watery thing um, is that a tremolo that he's using yeah yeah he uh yeah he plays a lot of tremolo uh, on this record uh, kind of turned me on to it now now we have new uh the amps and i use the tremolo a lot more and it's probably because of him um that we didn't have them for this but still they're, they're almost exclusively fender amps um i guess derek, derek has an amp head. but anyway um this is this really is really like the way that came out. We worked on in your backyard during the the pandemic. That's true. And Steve's at one end of my porch, and I'm at the other. And then it started raining. <laughs> in like July, was it July? I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, really and, strange. Like as usual. Uh, I mean, I, I, I had most of it, but Robes dove in and you know helped me make some of the words better. I don't remember what else. It, it was pretty much a Matt song. I have to. Well, but he, he, that was uh, your inspiration. He's, he's my George Clinton on that one, as he always is. Um, <laughs> and there you go. And Darian's on that one, too. He sings, I think that's just him. He sings beautiful, the Oz, or just beautiful. beautiful things. So were you think, thinking of a band or a sound in particular when you wrote this song? No, I, well, not so much. Jim says it sounds like Genesis, which bummed me out, but I... I <laughs> Whoa. Wait, but what era of Genesis? That's he means like Lamb Lifestyles on Broadway. I saw those guys when I was a kid. I thought they were terrible. But to me, to me, it's more reminiscent of like Satanic Majesties. It's got a little bit of that. It, yeah, it does have that sort of acoustic stones thing going on. Yeah. but maybe a little sweeter. It was. Um, I was sort of talking to a specific person, um, just about how people will put up with utter baloney because they don't want to be alone anyway that's that one a lot going on like it jim did a great mix awesome so um, drums does he he does play little drums and some percussion I, I very very limited drums but some really cool stuff yeah it's not heavy on the drums or percussion no but like i said we wanted I forgot about that one, but yeah, that that falls in the sort of the trippy folk category. Yeah, it's great in the third spot. You know, I'm big on sequencing. I right on. like where it falls in the sequencing. This is Jim's sequence, I'm pretty sure, mostly. He uh, he did that. Um, and, you know, I mean, I can't say that it, I don't know if you can hear this, but when I was a kid, right before FM radio started to hit, there was an AM radio, and they played a lot of this Fairport and Pentangle and Cloth and Gray, and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I just love that shit. But I don't know if you ever hear it in Rain Parade, but maybe a little bit of that is in there. Makes sense to me. Jeff, 
So I have the perfect quote because now we're going to get to track four, side A, bring you back. And let me quote here another fan review. Uh, bring you back is touching, brilliant. And most, of, and most of the songs here on the album are substantial, a rarity on releases these days, but touching and brilliant. This song is- Who are these people, man? I want to read this stuff. <laughs> It's your fans, man. They're speaking. They're talking. Where did you get it? I've, anyways. Uh, believe it or not, these are Amazon reviews. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Well, there are some, some pretty great ones there. Cool. Uh-huh. Well, uh, whoever. Yeah, cheers. So, Jeff, let's talk about this brilliant and touching song, Bring You Back, which also has these great, this great back and forth of the vocals. I mean, there's so much in this song. It's to really dissect that is you know in just a couple of seconds is not good but <laughs> well um this is sort of my angel sister if you will uh, in the sense that i didn't want to put it on there but steven kind of bugged me until i finally acquiesced to do it um he really championed it and got behind it and um because i liked the way it turned out it, it's a little poppy but that's uh-huh. okay i'm um and uh, what you're talking about, Soraya, this is one of those songs that kind of, I mean, I had the guitar riff, which I swear I, I, I thought I stole from the Moore Brothers. And I'm like, did I steal this from them? They're like, oh, we don't know what you're talking about. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, good. Um, and then uh, the middle section, the Miss You So Much Now, that was a song that Stephen had, a completely different song. Uh, and I can't remember what the rest of that other song was, but it's mm-hmm. since been cannibalized. It's, Lying out in the the backyard like a bunch of hillbillies, junky old cars, you know. I think it was a just. <clears throat> I don't think it was in a completely separate song. I think it was just a, a complimentary idea that was kind of inspired by by the original s- sort of verse. Uh, well, anyway, I didn't have anything to do with that. Um, changed a couple chords here or there, maybe, but that that's Stephen. And one thing that we like doing and are doing did probably more on this record than we ever had was sharing vocals uh, like on last raise steven sings that mm-hmm. middle section yeah is that that's your, what you're referring to like the trade-off of the sections yeah um, yeah the one thing about the song yet yeah, i'll just chime in and say yes this was a great guitar riff and hook that matt had and he's like nah this is just pop this is just garbage he's actually really he wanted to just throw it away but me and I think others like John Thoman were strongly and encouraged him not to too. give up on it. And Derek. So we continued developing it. And then that's, I think, what inspired that other section. But in in working out the arrangement of the song, we wanted to, it was the original verse melody that was a little bit too poppy, we thought. So Matt came up with this entirely different new melody, which is also great. And it didn't quite work as the, verse melody so it, we ended up making it a, the, the the melody that you return to after a break mm-hmm. so it just adds this sort of crescendo moment where you come back to this entirely unique and completely complementary melody that to me just makes it makes us oh yeah, yeah 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 right that you laughed out loud and you let it show everybody said what we made it do. um that's that's the pandemic that's my little pandemic line um yeah and it was really the lyrics were really of the of the time um, and uh that because uh, i you know I, 
you know, it was a little bit sing-songy. Um, and uh, we had two melodies and we're like, oh man, what are we gonna do? So we used them both. We have a new song that we're kind of doing that on and Steven sang one thing and I sang something else and we were kind of deciding which one you'll hear eventually, but which one to use. And I'm like, wait a second, dude, you can do them both at the same time, it works. So he does his shorter one and I do a longer one. You guys will probably like that, I have a feeling. Um, but on this <laughs> song, yeah, that's um, that's the way that worked. And the Moore Brothers came in and just kicked his ass. They, they, those guys were, if I was stinking rich, I would drag them along everywhere we go. Man. They're just fantastic. I, guys too. And, I really love the Rain Parade songs where you're both sing songs or, or you're both singing on a song where maybe Stephen does the middle eight or what have you. I mean, not that you guys have that. On this one. Yeah, I love those songs when you guys do those. Your voices um, are not necessarily complimentary because they're so different, but when they work side by side, it just really works yeah. for me. It's a, it's a co good, cool contrast, sort of. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. The thing I really do like about this song is um, how there's a lot of stuff it's not super cluttered though. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, it's got, I mean, I play that original riff and then uh, Derek plays a, a thing off of it on electric 12 sting. And then um, Doman doesn't usually play acoustic guitar in this band. It's not that he can't, but that usually is going to be me or Derek or Steven, but John played some really nice, weird, weird tuning. Um, acoustic guitar with a capo on it. I don't know if you can hear it. It's not quite Nashville tuning, but it, it's really sweet and it, it fills out the guitar, the guitar. It's there's not a lot of distorted guitar. Derek's been bugging me to play cleaner guitar and I think I have been. Plus it's got a baritone guitar on it. And then my favorite thing is the castanets that, that Uncle plays. It's just he played all sorts <laughs> of a break. Yeah. It's really cool. I mean that's so that's just so cool. Well he's Colombian so I guess <laughs> that makes so, sense. Yeah, I guess I finally like that song. <laughs> now that you rather hear the review. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. So next up, Got the Fear, which we've heard from the demolition um release that you guys put out many years ago. Um and this is a fantastic track, one of my favorites, and amazing to see the song live. Um why bring back Got the Fear? Because it never had a proper release. So I'm guessing that's probably why. And it's a it's an amazing song. Yeah, I mean it, it never had a proper recording. We right. never actually recorded it. It was just that that live track. We maybe there's a demo lost to time somewhere, but we always wanted to do an official recording and this was our chance. So we went for it. <laughs> Thank you. Kind of kind of gets away from us. Oh, kind of gets away from us sometime live, and we get, uh, you know, I remember Gavin from True West coming up to see us back in the day, and he's like, dude, you and Doman, you sound like Led Zeppelin. And I mean, that's about as Led Zeppelin as we get. But for us, uh, I mean, not that Led Zeppelin isn't cool. I like Led Zeppelin. But we wanted to maybe turn up the Alice Cooper a little bit more, which is a little more twisted, like the Ballad of White Fry sort of thing. And, uh, and also, so, really it needed some, it some softening to yeah. it. It was too brash. To emphasize the um, acoustic guitar of it a lot more because it always, I mean, 
we did it in Rain Parade way back in the day, obviously, but it never really had that. And he uh, he was pretty adamant about having that element in it so that it wasn't just like rock. Um, yeah, so we brought in some, some Doppler acoustic and the opening, the intro is, is kind of a swampy, um, yeah, I don't know what you call that. that. That riff is totally John. I mean, that bow, now, 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 now. I mean, uh, he's always played that. Uh, and um, yeah, uh, that that has, uh, I think Derek plays acoustic on that. And then it's just me and John on electric. Um, it's got a much more uh, sort of, not the song front house, but like it's sort of scary clown, slightly stuck in a mental institution kind of thing going on. Yeah, yeah, there's some darkness in there, a little bit of darkness for sure. The, I mean, it, it goes with the lyrics. Uh, yeah, the lyrics are pretty crazy. Voices um, in my shrunken head. Right. Uh, <laughs> Still don't know what self-destruct your claim to fame means. I thought that was you, but you said that was me. I don't know, remember where the hell this came from. Um, that was one too that Jim really liked, and he uh that might be one of the only songs where part of the scratch track derived, like the very first time I sang it. One of the verses I think is just bad. So we're not changing this, this is good. Because he he likes us to be kind of punkier stuff, and that's Probably about is like not it's not really punk, just it's forceful uh vocally. But yeah, we like that song, obviously. Um and he also encouraged us to maybe not have it as cluttered. That was a Steven thing too. Uh when we played it live, kind of guitar players get carried away sometimes. We ranged it, we ranged it in a little bit. So, so yeah. uh, and I think <laughs> it serves it the song well. Punk uh, yeah. obviously wails on it too. He, Stefan plays great drums. Um, and of course, I mean, the bass line is just killer. It's on Stephen in particular. Kind of, we were losing that. Um, the bass line that is... That's kind of where the song was... It's a very good bass line. Sorry, go ahead, Steve. No, it's just, you know, um, saying it, it's kind of what the song was built on originally. It's like the that melody line. That was what Steven came up with back in the day. And we were kind of losing it because there was too much guitar going on. So dialing back, I didn't really play as much as I used to. I'm doing more like full chords. And I think I even used I think yeah, uh yeah Eric's jazz master I played a little bit of that too even though uh it's I mean this this album has so many freaking guitars on it Jeff you would not believe I've yeah, seen pictures I've seen photos there's that photo that you guys took up above I think oh, yeah. I that's yeah. not all of them that doesn't have John's guitars in there either uh, I mean there's probably 20 different guitars on this record I love it anyway well, that's that song, which you guys know pretty well. So, Soraya, the next song is prop one of my favorites for sure on this. And that's track six, Share Your Love, which we were, we've heard it live. We've heard it here on the, on the album. Um, we actually heard it first live. Before yes, we, we did. That's true. When you guys came to Scotland and we all got COVID. 
<laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite versions of that song is the one that that you're actually in the video uh, in, in Liverpool. Oh, that's... Jeffrey, I think it's taken from behind you, but. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, that was a good version. Yeah. So the, would you mind giving a little background as to the story of this song? Sure. This is, well, this is another one of those um, deals where we took two different things and put them together. Um, I, uh, the, the finger picking, I like to finger pick, uh, do Travis picking, I don't know if that was Jeffrey, but it's kind of alternating bass and treble. I'll show you sometime. Um, it, uh, I learned, it's one of the first things I learned how to do back in the day, and I, I like it, and I was just kind of doing it. Then I heard this story about this kid in Oak Kid, guy in Oakland who, um, you know what, this is terrible. I should remember the guy's name, but I can't. Um, should look it up and remember it but anyway he uh he was a musician and i heard some of his stuff and it was pretty cool and he had his whole life's work well his album on a laptop he was in a cafe and somebody grabbed it and he freaked out and chased them oh. and they ran him over with their car on their way out that was just so heartbreaking. oh my god he was killed uh running after his his, his music after his work yeah wow it's an awful story. Um, and I don't quite remember the sequence of events here, whether Stephen and I had already. Stephen also had, I mean, Sherry Love, that, that's him. He, he had this other song. It's not quite the same. But it was. Unfortunately, it was different. No, it, that didn't exist before I heard your piece of music. Oh, so that was okay. completely well, inspired by events at the time. And, but but this particular tragedy. Um. Um, yeah, and then uh, our friend Bert's son was uh, unfortunately killed while campaigning for uh, Elizabeth Warren. So this would be like, when was Elizabeth Warren killed? That was, that was before the last election. Um, About eight years ago? No, it wasn't that long ago. Because he he's not that old. Uh, it was... No, it's 2020. Oh. Yeah, 2020, right. Um, and he was killed in, a, in Iowa. Um, well, on campaign. Really campaign. great kid. Um, I knew him pretty well. He's a great kid at uh, Pressburg. And anyway, so that, uh, those two events really inspired us to uh, polish this one up. I mean, it was kind of already going, but anyway, that's. I'll just add in terms of inspiration for the share your love part of it. I mean, there was definitely like this was kind of a pushing back on all the all the negativity and, and all the all the base sort of hate out there. Yes. And, um, just like this. It is all that matters. George said yeah. it right. Just all wanted... you need is love, man. For John, never hurt those people, yeah. guys. And another great song where the two of you are singing separate parts that just work so well together and really make this piece elevated in my opinion we started doing it i mean i sang it and then uh, dude maybe you should i should sing this first and you should sing that first and then we did that and then we're like wait a second what if we just switch lines and then we did that so yeah actually what happened is we remember you, i was you were recording the guitar part and i was singing a scratch vocal oh okay and so some of the scratch vocal was, was kind of cool it, it was, was like oh who's 
that's right. It's like, well, who's going to sing this? Because I thought I was, but then he sang it and it sounded great. So we both did. And uh, there's, um, this happens, tends to happen with us. We, a couple of songs where we just got carried away and put a bunch of stuff on it. And when we were doing our demos, then we're like, ah, man, we got to kind of go back to the, to less. Um, and then, uh, then when we recorded it, uh, that's, I mean, I love the sound of those. That's just Derek and I finger picking at the same time. That's as good an acoustic sound as we've ever gotten. Um, so Derek and I finger picked that together. And then I think Stefan just plays like the kick drum and the shaker. And uh, Thoman plays that beautiful slide guitar. It's pretty funny when I told, <laughs> I, I, the bridge came last, the, the thing that has a harmonica on it. and. I call up Stephen, I'm like, dude, check this out. That's just so freaking Dylan. And I played him this harmonica part. He goes, oh, that's great. I told told him, he's like, fuck, that's where my slide goes, you know? <laughs> I'm like, nah, John, you got to not have it. And then then what was funny is he ended up playing slide anyway, which wasn't what he originally played. And what I think he played afterwards was kind of even more beautiful. Um, just very, very plaintive and sad. Um, I call it the Doppler. Slide. Slide, it sounds like like it's yeah. kind of whizzing past you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like kind of thing. Evocative, yeah, like evocative, kind of being on the road, um, like. So we we even had it. Um, we originally had it with with uh, all with the, the three of me, John and Stephen and I, and Mark singing, and then it was just too much. So then, once the Bangles had came in and sang. Um, Bowman's in there too. He has a he has a nice part that he threw in. And so now it's kind of back to where it is. When we do live, we have three three vocal parts. Um, but that I guess has five. Because you don't say no when the Peterson sisters are gonna sing on your song. No. 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 They were quite enthusiastic about that one. They, they yeah, and that really um vibe. that was was a perfect female touch for, for that. It kind of needed that um his staff element. They needed the angelic sisters. They sure are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> again. They're great, man. I, I love those guys. So great people. Anyway. All right. So next, we're going to flip it over, right? Yeah. So side B. That's so side, side A. You got point. No, Jeff. No, I'm kidding. I'll point it. Side <laughs> two. <laughs> now we're on to side two now. Okay. There you go. All right. And lead off track, track uh, is. Sunday's almost gone. And uh, again, these beautiful harmonies and this harmony of sound in this very, and personally, my favorite part besides the happy is the guitar freak out at the end. There's like all sorts of guitars and things right, and yeah. sounds. That's my favorite, one of my favorite parts of this song. Oh, yeah. It's just, well, it brings you to a, a different level for me. We call that the who part. <laughs> is that what you mean? Or the, the sort of it's really yeah. It's kind of the Keith Moon, the the, the drums and the love it all chiming guitars and the, yeah, the, uh, the, yeah. And so, you guys did a great version of this in Scotland in Glasgow, yep. and it was the the first song that you guys did. You came out with this one, and it was oh. that was acoustic, the the acoustic version of it though. <laughs> so like good electric guitar, but yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know. We have too many songs for our set now. It's kind of a problem. But anyway, 
Um, I mean, the short the short story of this song is that we had this piece of music around for a, a long time. This goes back a couple, a while. <laughs> and uh, I played that for you when we were on tour in England, if I'm not mistaken, because it was kind of Jesus and Mary Chain inspired, and it had a. Um, Oh, did it go back to that? Played it really fuzz. Yeah, I do remember playing it like very fuzzly, fuzzily, just the beginning part, just the the C to D. Could be it kind of came back a few times, and yeah. we we had other lyrics, and we were just slowly developing it, not really focusing on it. But then for this album, we decided, yeah, that this has this is this has all the elements, uh, and we actually just worked on developing the song and the lyrics to the point where it had a strong hook the sunday's almost gone that basically didn't exist throughout the entire history of the song no the line was in there in the beginning uh that's right but, but we, we didn't realize that was the name of the song until later because that yeah sure i came up with the first verse and then steven i don't remember exactly but steven wrote the next two and i'm like oh wow those are good we got to do this and then uh, um, <laughs> well it was it was a piece of music looking for like its, you know, for its identi identity, you know? Right. Some songs come out immediately and they're like, oh yeah, that, that completely works and it's complete. This was the, kind of the other the other way where you kind of build on something over time. Mm -hmm. And of, after a while, the song kind of reveals what it's what it's about. And uh, it kind of, yeah, that uh, keep me happy part of it. We didn't have that even when we recorded it. It was just instrumental, but Stephen was really adamant that it needed something. I don't remember who did, but we came up with that. And then I said, Derek, you know that part really needs a 12 string. He goes, okay. So he came up with something and thought it was cool. And then uh, then we developed the answering book, the, the answering the birds thing. Lines. Not birds. It's kind of like the, it, I don't know what it is. It's a little bit revolver, a little bit who. It's kind of like the end of that song, Look Both Ways. But it also has the cool uh, kind of Eno-y, uh, Ebo leads in there, which is cool. Oh, uh, that, it's a bitch to do live, but I figured <laughs> out how to do it. I, I got myself, uh, for 10 bucks, there's this little plate. It's like a tray that you can put on the mic, mic stand because I couldn't figure out how to, the pick I can stick in my mouth, but then the, I can't throw <laughs> the Ebo on the floor. But uh, it was going to be a 12 string riff and Derek does play 12 string, but those, most of the riffs are just on my Gretsch. And then uh, I played that little pickup in between the verses. And then I wanted to do an Evo. So we did an Evo and it's, it's got both. Uh, and this, recall, this is just such a great melody line though that Matt came up with. And Matt, I remember, remember when we went back, I think you would come up with that line a couple of years ago. We had a, a version of on tape from a, the last show we did before the pandemic. And we went into the studio and Matt starts playing that. He's like playing a totally different melody. <laughs> like, Man, play your melody. <laughs> oh, well, that tends to happen. I get <laughs> it will bring me back to earth. But um, it's just such a, it's such a great melody line that I, I really like. And then the, I don't know where the who part came from, but that, I, I think that's an, I like that touch. It, it takes it to another place. So that we do really have, you know, three solid sections here. I mean, the worst thing you can do as a songwriter is to add a bridge that doesn't sound as good as the last two parts. <laughs> it's kind of like, eh, why did you do that? Um, it's kind of got to be as good or better. It's not worth it. You got to have a good bridge. Yeah. Or, or, or not have one at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think I remember you guys did a live show um, 
pre-pandemic and I think, and when I saw the um, the videos that were posted of these some of these new songs, a lot of them had color titles. Um, I think there was one that's purple. That, blue, yeah, Sunday's green. almost gone. Used to, it was called purple for thirty years until we changed. Yeah, that's that's the version I was talking about. Was the version from I think it was from Oakland in twenty twenty. Oh, okay, okay. Like a couple well, days before the pandemic. It was. Yeah. It was purple going to keep me happy, but that makes no freaking sense. <laughs> I, so we changed it, it to, to my mind's going to keep me happy. Uh, not that it needs to make sense, but it's just, especially purple. after having a song green and then uh, having a song blue and then purple, it's like, okay. It was kind of like our color revolution. Uh... Color yellow by Coldplay. <laughs> well, that, song, by the way. Um, that, uh, yeah, indeed. So that brings us to song two on side two which is green all right so where did this where did this one come from mr pucci oh um well i mean that's i guess i started that um i uh i think we were driving down the roads and stephanie said like sweetie watch the signs and i'm like like, like that got me rolling on some lyrics and then i i like the idea of the trees can make sugar from the air because that's pretty cool uh, and that's kind of a it's kind of a nursery rhyme weird that's just weird sort of environmental nursing rhyme if you nursery rhyme if you will but it's got a slightly nastier edge to it uh but um original had that on guitar but I started playing uh Wurlitzer sound on uh, started playing on Wurlitzer and it just that just seemed to make it more different playing it on piano. So I barely play guitar on that song. I think I play one or two riffs. That's mostly John and Derek. Um Robes plays as usual, a fabulous bass line, um, good drums too. Uh and then the Moore brothers really filled it out with some some well not just them, but Mark Hanley and John Bowman, and then uh, Stephen has that sort of contrapuntal part um, that where it's has got the colors you want. That's him. The colors you want, colors you need. Um, and then there's sort of developing this kind of anthropological ground cascading thing. And I mean, I was a real bitch about it because. People didn't want to do all of that stuff, but you know, because like voice lessons and more. I'm like, no, this is so cool. And I found a rehearsal tape where we had all that stuff going on at once and it it, it worked. So um yeah, I really like that work. John and Mark and Moore Brothers and Steven and I all sing on that. I thought um, perhaps the secret ingredient to the song though is the soaring guitar solos. Oh, ain't me. Which you, you that was John, yeah, I guess. Yeah, um, that's you. But yeah, I like this one break where it's just a bar. He does that fucking nasty, <laughs> and he does it for longer a little bit later. Um, and uh, he's got a nice that that super high answer on the chorus is his too. Uh, so yeah, he he really played great on this, and now. He, those na 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 na's at the end. That's his idea too. That was John. Um, wow. He's a uh, good job. 
John is quite, quite he's quite a character man. I mean, we yeah. love him dearly. I've known him since I was 17 years old. And he was the guitar hero playing with his teeth, and I was just in awe. And he still blows me away. Um, yeah, but, he's uh, we're we're fans. Sorry, yeah, Anna, he's, fans he's, he's great and too damn smart for his own good. But um, you know, band with him and Will too. My God, I mean, Stephen and I are pretty smart. But you know, between Will and Thoman and uh, over overqualified for the job at hand, as Ethan would say. All right, Soraya, we got two Stephen songs up next. Woo-hoo! Forgetfulness is next. And talk to us a little bit about the origin of this. That was an order by my wife to for us to have another trippy song. Yeah, actually, um, <laughs> responded uh, to a request. Um, <laughs> and I, I, when he played it, I'm like, God, this is the lyrics are so good. Uh, and I'll never be able to say opium like Stephen. It's it's not an English. I don't know what freaking accent that is, dude. It's not a valley. <laughs> it's it's <not> English. <laughs> it's Robac. Purely, purely Robacian. I'm sorry, it's your song talking about. Well, it. no, I was just gonna say this is one of those songs like unlike Sunday's Almost Gone that just kind of came all at once. Um, I had this, I was playing this kind of bass line at kind of you know um, at the request of Nat's wife Stephanie, and she didn't write it. She just told us we needed a trippy song, a type of song, and um, it just kind of all came out at once. It, it was raining. There was a really, there had been a very um i don't say violent but pretty serious storm that was ending kind of like a thunderstorm and um the clouds were clearing from the bay because out of our window here i could see the san francisco bay oh wow um and that kind of inspired that first line about see the sun as it hits the ground because it was i was literally watching the sun hitting the ground and exploding and then i was thinking about sound and it kind of just all came together lyrically um and then it kind of took on this theme of uh, forgetfulness, this, um, which to me is kind of, it was kind of like the blessing of, uh, you know, be able to forget certain things of, you know, ignorance, ignorance is bliss in a way, in reverse. <laughs> uh, horrible if we remembered everything. Yeah. Yes, yeah, just kind of thinking back on things and kind of how, well, I'm, I'm so glad that I don't feel as, bad about those things as I once did, you know, um, how you kind of get over it. Um, and, and there's a little bit of like, maybe like in the, in the, the word forgive, forget, it's a little bit about forgiveness too, kind of, but more about for, forgiving yourself and forgiving whatever, whatever person you had illusions about or had illusions about you, kind of for just forgetting the bad stuff and forgiving so it's it's also kind of like, it's about kind of letting go. <laughs> it's about, it's uh, in other words, it's about Matt. <laughs> um, that's right, Jeffrey. As as is everything. Um, we uh, it worked out really great when we started playing. I mean, like Stephen said, sometimes you got to really massage things. So like right from the get go, I mean, I had this harmonic thing that I did, and then John did his little watery guitar thing, and then Derek did his like guitar. And it just, it was open enough for all that stuff to fit together. Very, very cool. Um, I didn't 
write very much at all on this song. It's mostly Stephen. I did do what I tend to do sometimes. The second section, the chords are a little more weird than they were originally, but it's pretty pretty damn close. Yeah, well, definitely you, you helped uh, work out the music on that. And the guitar interplay is really, really cool. The, the first time we played it, I showed it to, to Matt and John, and they started this almost this conversation between their, their parts, which is still the main guitar part in the song. It's Matt on the harmonics and John responding with this kind of weird uh, liquidy guitar and it's that conversation that goes on throughout the guitar throughout the song that really makes it fortunately we recorded our, our rehearsals because i told him that oh, man he played something else man he's like yeah i know i have this other cool riff and then we, we found it and then he went back and we relearned it it's I, I i i love what he plays it's great um and i i don't usually play slide i mean i do i can but john tends to play the slide but this time i did that was really fun too I, I love this song. It's one of my favorite songs on the record. And then Rob and Marcus are on this one too. Oh, um. <laughs> and this I is for the. Tell that story. Never mind. Um, we, really? um. Let's just say. We, yes. <laughs> we, tried, we tried doing the vocals. I won't say who was doing them. Uh, and Jim was kind of fed up with the way things were going for a number of reasons and the individuals involved had good reasons for why they perhaps weren't spot on. And like they tried to do those ahs. Um Jim just turns and looks at me and he says like uh uh spent <laughs> like ten seconds on him and that was kind of the original inspiration for uh well, those guys think it's great. Uh, let's see if they'll do it. And the funny thing is uh after it was all said and done and we were doing credits Jim's like those guys didn't sing on that song. I'm like, no, goddamn it, Bob Way, I, you were the one who didn't like the way we did it, and we got them to do it. And he's like, oh, really? Okay. So yes, that was Darian. It may just be Darian. I'm not sure. It might be Rob on figure as well, but they just, I mean, it was very flattering that those guys, uh, particularly Darian, he gets what we do. He really liked it. It's so great when you can find people who get what you do and you don't have to, you know, it's much better to do that than try to talk people into doing things. And who's the Frankfurter person? Oh, Arya is, um, was in this sort of prog band. We teased Stefan about it, um, called Azigza. They were actually pretty cool, but they were, we, we called them hobbits and fairies because, uh, there was this review in one of the local papers about their band playing coming up and the starting line is okay hobbits and fairies come on down to uh you know the guy the guitar player wore like a robe and you know there's a lot of weird time signatures and they had a sitar anyway aria is a very talented guy um not to, to get too off the track but that song water of the hellenes all that cool uh all of that string stuff is him mm -hmm. um and uh we wanted to use it again. He doesn't, he didn't, we can't hear it that much, but it, but it's in there. What are we talking about? Forgetfulness? He's not on that. It's it's credited as arranged by the, the book. Mm -hmm. No, it's arranged. 
Well, we gave Darian credit for arrangement. That's more not for that song. That's more for um, Left of Fire because he really did some different stuff. And that's Darian. Okay. That's not Aria. Aria plays strings on um, Other Side of You. And there's a little bit of that, of, of cello in the um, in Left of Fire, which are the other two songs. All right, sorry. Where are we on this album? We're getting. Well, now we're at track. We're at the second to last on the second side, which is The Other, other Side of You. I love this song, and I love the sequence of the song being second to last. The penultimate song. Yeah. Oh, excellent use of the term. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the things that I really like is how this song is bookended by the acoustic at both sides. It like starts and then ends, and or at least it's about, you know, I'm the dumb one here. And I, I, I don't know. I don't Not know the technicalities, but it sounds acoustic. Am I right? Yes. Or wrong. Yeah, no, that's correct. correct. It was uh, the song was kind of written, which what you hear there, that uh, acoustic guitar part, that was a song. Um, and um, the, the vocal melody was built on that and then um, brought it to Matt. And Matt helped develop the, the sort of the chorus section and that. The, the vocal choruses, and then the, there's that change, the uh, other side of you change with the with the sort of um, soaring electric guitar that runs through, through the melody lines there. Um, so again, it was like uh, you know a real collaboration ultimately, but yeah, but the song itself was kind of built on that that acoustic picking picked guitar part. I love the imagery of the title. Did. What was your thought process on the lyrics with this one? So, yeah, I think the only way to describe it is like it's it's kind of hard to describe, but I, I kind of, um, it's kind of like what I wish, I don't know if I've said this to you before, maybe we talked about it before, but it's it's kind of what I wish someone from, who's, who's no longer with us from beyond would say to me, wow. um, sort of like what I imagine something comforting and positive and uh you know insightful some being said to me or or me saying to somebody else from beyond to them like don't worry it's going to be okay you know don't be sad don't be scared um i'll see you you know uh, <laughs> i love that the, um pretty sure that's the only line i came up with was the other side of you <laughs> the rest is yeah, even it's song title. <laughs> well, you know, that's I mean, we've been at it as long. I mean, every we every possible combination of who did what it's done before. Um, that was one where we also kind of John had this a very cool electric thing for this song, and it was cool, but and we had a, like. I don't know, there's like a 50 seconds, maybe one minute sort of electric intro thing that we had going on before it. And we're just, you know, after doing it that way for a while, we're just like, I don't know, man, we, we're kind of losing that innocent, open uh, quality to it. Um, so we ditched it. We actually, I don't I think. Did we actually record? I think we actually recorded it and we got rid of it. I think we did a demo with it. No, I mean, it started with the picking part and then we developed this other part that was kind of like an electric 
interpretation of of the picking part. More grungy and guitars and you know it just ended up being too heavy and we went back to the original light picking part. If it sounds like that is that approach is more in tune with the song lyrically. Yeah, yeah. I mean you're yeah. You, yeah, it's so kind of an intimate. Get it? <laughs> so you figured that out. Obviously, you figured it out more quickly than we did because we were doing this other thing for a while. And John was okay with the part being scrapped. Well, he still plays it, and that's actually another one where he doesn't he play acoustic guitar. He does. It's acoustic, yeah. I mean, he we didn't use that particular oh. electric part. But what what was cool, I think, is with the way the dynamics of the song work. There's the verses which is really low and intimate down and then it kind of builds to this choral section which is the, the chorus where we start adding vocal harmonies and that right. actually took, that took some work to uh did we did we uh stripped that down too we we also started so you think about songs if you, if you don't build it if you don't layer it properly you sometimes get the, a point that should be the dynamic high point and you're already you're already there so the only thing you can do is take stuff away from what's happening before. Because we were doing the that answer, we had a pretty, it gets to the part where there's a pretty complicated answering scheme of don't be, don't be sad if you, you know, that the John and I are answering Mark and Stephen. Mark is singing with Stephen there. It's low key, but it's there. And then John and I answer them at the end. Um, we took it out of the beginning too. We just, you know, got out the, got out the scalpel and started cutting away some of the fat. We really got. To, that's a weird song too. Is the only thing, <laughs> well, the way we had to do it was because, for technical reasons, you would understand this, Jeffrey. That when you're playing acoustic guitar, you know, unless you're Dylan and you're going to sing right there and right then and that's it, you can't really sit. At least we don't sing when we're playing acoustic guitar. And Stephen has that beautiful finger picking part that he does. Um, so Derek sang the scratch vocal. And um, then Stephen went back and did it. And Derek never actually played anything on the song. But there's a little bit where um, this vocal gets stretched out and it kind of goes, ah. <laughs> That's Derek. That's his uh, so, <laughs> And then again, the yeah, very end is like, yeah. Um, uh, I'm the only one who plays electric guitar. I'm pretty sure on that song, and that was my aunt blew up. We had to go. Uh, our buddies in the Asteroid Number Four, very cool band. Um, Eric Harms loaned me his Blackface Super Reverb, so that worked. Yeah. It's a little weird. I mean, we weren't quite sure that playing that riff underneath the chorus. Was going to work. I guess we just got used to it because you don't usually do that. You know, Riff will answer someone's vocals and I'm going to find the other side of you and just does that. And then I also do the There's some experimentation going on there. We, we were trying different things. Um, and, yeah. Like, I don't know whether it's the right thing to do or not, but we got used to it. And that's what it is. So there we go. It works. Okay. Glad you heard it. <laughs> yeah. All right, Soraya. Did we make did we make it through the album yet? No, one oh, more. Left the fire. So this is Matt. Matt, did you come up with a song? Yeah, this uh, is, it yeah, sounds like a Matt song to me. 
This um, is really good for a man. He was over at the house and we were playing these acoustic guitar. He, I, he, he didn't, he was there. He didn't really help me write it, but um, he, uh, he liked that sort of uh, um, full acoustic 12 string and six string at the same time kind of thing. Uh, kind of got a, a lot of chords to it. Uh, it's almost got like a King Crimson thing to it. Uh, but uh, this was another one I wasn't too sure about. Uh, but these guys uh, convinced me we should use it. Um, it's there. There's a few like apocalyptic themes in this record, and um, it's not really. I mean, we're not like we're not talking like a, a biblical apocalypse. Just a, a sort of um, personal mythical apocalypse. Apocalypse, <laughs> whatever apocalypse is. Um, Maybe transformation is kind yeah. of uh, actually not 100% sure. Um, but it does sort of feel like uh, it's somebody who's witnessing the end of something, and uh, there's a it's kind of like the same goddess that is in um last rays of a dying sun it's a sort of a goddess thing going on and uh i don't know i guess it's sort of greek if you will the, the goddess that gets killed or the um but it does have a hopeful ending on it about going back home and uh i don't know i'm rambling Stephen. save me here please <laughs> no i mean i think i think thematically it kind of ties up the album uh you know there's like message kind of like this idea of sort of apocalypse, personal apocalypse. That we are, we, we're not writing about overarching, you know, end of the world themes. We're writing about the transformation and change in our own lives and, and things we see going on around us. It's, it's always been that way with Rain Parade. It's, it's always been very much about, um, you know, our, our, our person, personal experience um, and trying to speak to people about it, share with them something that makes them they can relate to about their own experience in what we see. Um, there is, there is, um, and I, I've thought this before, it just come up with this. There is a sort of science fiction element to it, which is very nerdy, but uh, kind of like the Childhood Zen 2001 kind of vibe. Um, Shallow's end is about the end of the world, which is probably my favorite sci-fi of all time. Um, but it does have that hope at the end, and you know, because it is I'm pretty sure that whoever's talking is out in space. Um, and just loss of uh, loss period, and how leaders, whether like the, the Emperor Palatine or whomever, um, <laughs> leaders can just ruin things. You know, people get, uh, it goes to their head and, uh, you know, there, there is that sort of hero uh, myth going on at the very end. But it was nice to have, I'm really, I, I'm, I'm going to stop talking. Well, it's, it also has this, like, you know, idea of return, you know, um, where 
you talk about a life, you know, you come, you come from, <laughs> come out as a kid and, you know, you kind of, things are very hopeful and uh, optimistic. And then you have to, you have to live and life is not always fun, you know? And I think we kind of believe in, in like the idea of finding or refinding that, that, that optimism, I mean, un underneath it all, you know, like, if you want to survive in this world, you kind of have to keep that. that yeah, very much so. And it is somewhat about leaving home. I think I had a poem that sort of is sort of like this. But it's yeah. not returning home, too. Yeah, well, and, and coming back, right. Exactly. The problem. Leaving um, the fire and the ice uh, and, you know, this the burning wood is my neighborhood. That's not so much. Um, physical as this kind of mental uh, the burning down of your own neighborhood and then leaving and then you know ultimately forgiveness and returning home I think that's probably about as uh, close to what it is you know what it's it's whatever you think it is because you're the one who's listening uh, <laughs> well, there's a, there's a lot of, we're drawing on a lot of imagery there but yeah. I think at the at the end it's kind of almost I don't want to say like it it's almost like theater like like i don't want to say opera but it's kind of it's definitely not musically opera it, it, yeah that's that's it yeah absolutely. but it kind of draws on on all this imagery uh this sort of universal imagery of returning and leaving and change and check out the lyrics yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a, frankly it's a bit pompous but uh hopefully not too but there uh, are some very cool vocal harmonies in there it kind yes, of it kind of comes to got some grandiose instrumentation like very thick got the whammy bar gretch and the thick 12 string and all that stuff and uh derek played some uh, he plays the acoustic he also played some mellotron on there which is mixed in with uh with aria's uh, uh cello and then of course john's slide even played some cool bass and then what Dar what darian did at the end was just beyond my wildest dreams i really love the way he answered those vocals at the very end and it is it is kind of a good way to take it out yeah i was gonna say it's a great ending track in my opinion back to our start, back to our start. yep so there you go right. uh exactly. that was well done way too long sorry <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for indulging us. <laughs> it's a fantastic album from start to finish, and uh, it, it's it's definitely been worth the wait. And like we were talking about earlier, it, it goes through a lot um, from beginning to end, and it definitely holds my attention as a That's full length. So fantastic. So it sounds like you guys are working on some new stuff before we yeah, let you I mean, go. Any hints yeah. about what's happening? Sure. Next year is going to be super, super busy. We are very lucky that we have found um, some insane people who believe in us um, and are very supportive uh, of what we're trying to do. Um, and they're helping us out a lot. We are going to be... I'm sorry, Jeffrey, we can't play the show next to your house. Um, that's the <laughs> one show we couldn't do because of people's work obligations. And also since... I mean, we're not complaining, but this isn't our tour. We're, it's kind of exactly what we needed. We we can work on our set and do a shorter one and support another band who's super cool. Third Mind is great, by the way. Fantastic. Really like them. Um, yes. And uh, a couple of pals in the band, uh, Victor and 
really great guys, great musicians. Anyway, um, so we're going to do that, uh, going up north, uh, back to uh, Mississippi Studios in Portland, which we love, and to the Crocodile in Seattle, which is very historical. Um, last time we played, we tried to play Seattle. Didn't work out so well, did it, Stephen? Uh, yeah, that was, we don't need to talk about that. But we played with the, <laughs> played with the wipers and we blew the power out. It just, we just- Oh, that? Uh, that was fun, yeah. Oh, that was a good time. Well, I'll ask you later what we're talking about. Oh, wait, I do know what we're talking about. <laughs> the, 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 the loudest band in the history of, of rock music. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, so we're gonna play up there, then we'll be playing around the Bay Area, which will be great. And then we'll be down uh, back in Harriet's and we're gonna play the Troubadour, which is, that's really a historically cool place. So that's going on. Um, we are going to, we've sort of gotten all of our stuff back over our, I mean, our 40 years of working together. And we are sort of fighting the idea that we didn't do anything for 30 years. I mean, you guys know we did the Saturn thing and then the Hellenes. Um, and but we are moving forward with. Uh, I think you guys will really like this. We can't share all the details, but almost all of those things are going to be re-released, and at least one, possibly two, of our works will be re-released with a bonus bunch of stuff. Um, probably both. Yeah. We're reissuing the catalog with some. You know, right. I mean, you guys already have explosions. Probably will take the extra song off because it doesn't really fit. And but that sad eyes kill thing kind of goes more with the crashing dream stuff. So we'll probably do some kind of crashing dream plus thing. Um, and then I think the EP will come out. Um, that might come out before anything else. Um, New song. The way I see it, we could have as many as five releases next year. Um, wow. And then over the next year, maybe not over the next. In the next calendar year, but oh. yes, yeah. I mean that's yeah. the plan anyway. We uh will be. Jim is coming up, and Derek's coming up in a few weeks, and we're gonna really buckle down on our set, and then uh, work on some of this new stuff we've been doing. And when we get back from tour, we'll hit the studio, and I hope we can do three songs. We'll see. Um, we're not doing thirteen in a, at the same time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we hope to release some kind of like, I don't know whether it'll be a three song single or EP or something before we go on tour to Europe. And we'll probably have a tour only CD, some live stuff maybe. Something we'll like come back from Europe and hopefully we can start, you know, working on whatever the hell the next record is. And uh, I think Crash will probably come in the fall. Uh, we, got, we got a lot of shit going. Well, still in the planning stages, but yes, we can all stuff. Stay tuned. We'll, yeah. we'll we will. Stuff. We will definitely. Uh, yeah, be Europe is looking really good. We've got a good booking agent. He's a good guy. We've booked up with, uh, you guys met Simon, who's just amazing. Is this the longest tour that you guys have ever played? Oh, no. Uh, no. We, no. We did 30, 35 show tours in the U.S. back in the day, I think. And we did about 25 shows in Europe. Okay. Yeah. Um, although it <laughs> was like playing like with two days off and 17 days. Well, you're going to be playing in Belgium. No, you're going to be playing in Bristol 
and then the next day in Spain, we're like, wait a second, man. <laughs> uh, but, Is uh, anybody looking at a map while they're booking this? Well, look, he's, I wonder. <laughs> it's hard to make money on tour. You can't make money, basically. No, actually, this uh, our our book agent has, has done a really good job. He, he's a really good guy. Uh, yeah, he's, 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 he definitely took into account our you know various geographic travel considerations to help us. Yes, we're very lucky to have people who we're not entirely sure why. But you guys among them who like what we do and are willing to support us. And, that makes it one of the greatest bands of all time rain parade that kind of stuff is what keeps us going in a lot of ways um it's very much appreciated uh i'm not just sure we would be doing this if we didn't when we emerged what 10 or so years ago whatever it was uh in the early 2010s and we were literally stunned by the things like, oh, Jesus, people like this that much? Well, why didn't they tell us? <laughs> you know? I mean, we couldn't get arrested in L.A. back in the day. Um, and we did okay in England, but I mean, we were just, it was so inspiring and uh, rewarding and humbling to uh, have people happy to see you. Out of the bands that we've talked about, Rain Parade seems to be one of the more, if not the most beloved out of all. Yes. That's that's the response that we've gotten. Soraya, you, you have a quote that you have to share before we let these guys go. Absolutely. So again, another friend says, I'm just going to say it. If you liked what Rain Parade did in the past, get this album. You will not be disappointed. Sorry, Rolling Stones. This is what good music sounds like after years. <laughs> um, I don't mind that song that McCartney plays on. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, well, fortunately, we don't have quite as many years, but, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, ARP will not be uh, sponsoring the tour. Although They're not sponsoring the tour. I do get letters from them. Um, That's a very, very... Very cool quote. Someone yeah. is calling me from Mexico. I don't think I'm going to answer that. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, it's greatly appreciated that people still dig it. And uh, I think we still got, you know, we still got some miles left on us. Uh, Heck yeah. We don't move quite as slow, but uh, uh, well, I'm glad you guys like that. Um, I, we were happy to hear that too. Uh, one of our old uh, our old supporters, this guy, Jim Dero Goddess and Greg Cott, they they were very nice. They go, well, we were kind of nervous. It's kind of holding my breath when I heard this, but it's like, hell, man, it's not bad. So, I mean, that that, that makes us feel good. So It's fantastic. And, uh, you know, our plan, as always, Jeffrey, uh, you know, we're, we're never going to get, you know, 10 bucks out of 50,000 people. So as long as we can get like 100 out of you, we're good. <laughs> you know, uh, it's probably more than that. I'm teasing. I mean, it's, it, it's really... Quality is much more important than quantity. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's we, definitely. We love your sh your podcast, your your show too, and it's so it's an honor to be here. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you guys. I like your band too. Your band's cool. Oh, um, yeah. So Thank you. Your album right here somewhere. Thank um, you. Anyway, <laughs> it's close. All right, you guys. All <laughs> right, we'll stay in touch, Thank and you. I presume we'll be seeing you in January somewhere. Uh, yes, absolutely. I'm hoping to go to the Pappy and Harriet's show. I love that venue. Oh, cool. it's, not, it's not great to watch bands, but it's just a great vibe that that place yeah, has. So killer barbecue too. If it's oh yes, 
Great iced tea too. Nice. Cool. We'll, we'll see. We'll see you there. Hopefully. Yeah, we'll see you guys there. Thank you for right, taking so much time with us. No sure. Problem. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. Take right. care. Love you madly. Talk to you later. Yeah. Bye. Love you back. <laughs> All right, Soraya. What do we think of Matt and Stephen? Okay. Well, I mean, people already know how many times have we had them on <laughs> individually together. It's a lot. Yeah, we have nothing but love, respect, and you know, Matt just said, "Love you madly." We love him, man. We love them madly. We love the band madly too. Absolutely, um, collectively you know, and individually. Totally, absolutely. Jeff, here are some takeaways from this. Uh, rain. It seems like rain parade is just getting started. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and I like how uh, Matt said we can't talk too much about it but then he dropped these nuggets i mean you and i have have hoped for a re-release of crashing dream yes but you know i think that was one of the first episodes we did well not one of the first but earlier ones yeah early episode with them where we talked about how much we loved crashing dream and i'm trying to remember exactly um I just remember that they were together, if I'm correct. They were recording together and with Selman, the three of them. Yeah, yeah. And they, uh, Matt just kept saying, "We're not entirely," or something to the effect of, "We're not entirely sure why you love this one so much," and it's because of the story behind it. You know, it's one of those albums that they wished had been had been treated or recorded differently, but. I, that makes me so happy mm -hmm. it, but also an ep possibly a live cd and they're going to start working on the next lp uh but this idea of some re-released albums with one or two bonus tracks man yeah dang. i mean first of all this album you know jeff and i really liked it we we liked it when we heard the new songs on tour. Yes. And when we went through the EP that we bought, um, that we bought at the show. Yeah. And well, I, I don't know. Did you buy it in, in England and I bought it in Scotland? Or um, yes. Or maybe we bought them at the same time. I don't know. Yeah. But um, we really liked those tracks. And then when we heard the whole album, I mean, it's one of those albums that I play pretty, pretty often. Same um it's it's on my it's on my heavy rotation list yeah for sure and like uh, actually this this week the song that is the song i keep pressing replay on is uh left the fire oh. so i just i liked i like listening to that discussion about left the fire yeah. it depends on it jeff it depends on the day because yeah, yeah. i've gone through all different ones where i'm like oh i want to hear that again hear that again yeah and the one thing i wish but those things are so passe now. I wish I had a lyric sheet. Yeah. <laughs> because I replay a lot of songs to make sure I got the lyric right, mm. that I heard it right. But what a, what a great album. And I absolutely love hearing them talk about all the different influences and just so many different instruments. Like I really, you know, when the three of you talk shop, I really feel like, you know, I'm trying to catch up, but 
what impresses me so much is so many different instruments, so many different sounds. And, you know, when I listen, I take notes the first time. And yeah, uh, I thought on other side of you, wait, I got to, I just got <laughs> that on other, was it? Uh, no, sorry. On left the fire. I thought the sound was coming from like a pedal. And he's, and then Matt said it was a Wawa pen. It was a Wawa oh. bar, a whammy bar. Oh. Is that what I wrote down? And so, I was, yeah, I, I think that was it. And I go, oh, that makes sense. Like, I just, you know, I'm, I'm of the, of the floor. I'm definitely, you know, I'm bottom of the barrel and still learning. Not, not a musician. But, but it's, the idea of so many different sounds and i liked hearing how a lot of the songs went through just evolutions yeah in sound and intensity or and who who would have thought jeff this was i i made a note to myself who would have thought because we have talked often about rain parade and um the layering of sound and just kind of their you know they really experiment with the sound who would have thought we'd be talking about rain parade and a scarcity of sound or like kind of dressing it down yeah cutting that to me was wild yeah yeah so when i've worked on songs i'm not good at that part like cutting back Mm. Uh, but i've worked with some people who are really good at that and i can't do that at all i don't know how people cut stuff out um i want to just keep layering and adding to it but yeah, that, the way that they when he, the way that he talked about it that that actually shocked me and caught me a little bit off guard that that they actually um, approached a couple of the songs like that and it makes sense. I mean, we hear the final part of it and it, that was cool. That was a cool some cool insight for me as a song songwriter. Yeah, and then what what did um what did Matt say? It was over thirteen different guitars yeah no it's i think even more like more than that yeah i think he said like 20 there's a picture and there's of them right i remember that yeah and i think matt's in the middle and there's just all these guitars electric and acoustic 12 strings uh, all kinds of his gretch and jazz masters and sgs all kinds of stuff uh he mentioned castanets yes and i i said i gotta go back and listen to that because I need to hear that one more time. Yeah. And I, I said, wait, what? And no one says on uh on um bring you back. Yeah. And with Stefan's heritage, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think. Look, there are some interesting sounds and also just vocally, Darian Sahanaja, uh Rob Mumfilio, uh Vicky and Debbie Peterson, and then the Moore brothers. Those guys and, are fantastic when you hear those their voices together. But again, Jeff, what are the what are the things that I absolutely love in a song is like killer harmonies, and then yeah. you, you bring these people in on different tracks, adding a dimension to that, and you hear these beautiful harmonies, and it's really this beautiful symphony of sound that you hear on these tracks, and so. I think that's why this album is just so different. It's unique. But, you know, what was it that that Stephen said 
it it was a uh, the pandemic was good and bad yeah you know good because they had time to kind of really kind of play with or explore where these songs had to go and to know that there were 13 songs i mean obviously we're going to get those two somewhere yeah well we did yeah. get one of those on um the the tour yeah. EP, so yeah, so I think there's one track that we haven't. This one that I think we haven't heard. Probably. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I'm sure they'll probably release even that one, um, some official release other than just the tour CD. I would imagine. Who knows? But look, and you know, we we got some new things on this album that I think we haven't heard on previous Rain Parade albums, and I think that's. Yeah it's just part of you know evolution of time and you know where where they were create creatively and artistically for this album and you and i can't talk enough about how we like matt's vocals and stephen's vocals and then when they're both on the same track it's just fun yeah i love that it's really such a sweet sound yeah and you described this album as being something that's um fresh yeah, it's still Rain Parade. I mean, it's still 100% Rain Parade. It's not rehashing the old Rain Parade by any means, but um, there's some callbacks here and there. Um, the guitar for the title track um, did remind me a little bit of No Easy Way Down, the way that he's playing, but then it just diverts. You think, oh, and then, whoa, like, no, this is not, this is not all old Rain Parade. This is... Um, these guys hitting some new territory yet still being true to themselves so fantastic album just a lot of good music on this album and if you don't have it already if you haven't listened to it already and you know the band was really good about providing access to it um i think on youtube the whole album was there while there was (laughs) while the album was being shipped out i mean listen to it and a a lot of the reviews that i've read by fans my fans have said like yeah i i listened to it a few times in and then i was like hooked yeah but it was like it's one of those things where people said it's not exactly that i could listen to it one time like you needed a couple of listens i agree look this is a solid album and i can only imagine what else is in the cooker we're here for it. Damn. So good. They were so generous with their time. And I love hearing all these stories. Me too. And yes. I even love all the technical stuff because I learned. <laughs> this is what, how I learned. So yeah. <laughs> I'll never pick up an instrument, but I'll know. <laughs> I'll know the difference of things. But oh my gosh, Jeff, I think we need to end it. All right. All I right. hate it, but we got to end it. All so right. mi gente, agrubiar. Grew on, Paisley people. prompt you to okay why don't you do that yeah because i want to bring you back (laughs) (laughs) i I see what you did there jeff i I get this from my mom i can't help it
it, it just <laughs> my, my mom raised us with these silly things. Okay, I, all right. Uh, that's still Osaka. Okay. <laughs>